0: Holla.
1: Holla. I'm so glad to see all your beautiful faces. Holla. All right, we're gonna go over some house rules, y'all. This is, these are the rules that we abide by in this house of the Lord, okay? Okay? Say, so everybody say, okay? Okay. All right, keep your hands to yourself. Don't be touching each other. Don't be messing with each other. This is time to worship. It's time to learn. Y'all, number two, don't start no stuff, won't be no stuff. You hear? Yes. All right. Get off the phone. If you guys want to know one of my biggest pet peeves in the world, you can ask Tony. Get off your phone unless it's for your Bible or for your notes. You don't need to be on the phone. It's just rude, it's disrespectful. It tells us that you're not listening and you are here to listen, right? Aight, so no fighting, no cursing, PDA or the like. I know, All right. No fighting, no cursing, no PDA. Aight, everybody say I. Right? Okay, everybody stand up. Okay, we're gonna finish these. Listen to your leaders because they care more about you than you think they do. And that is the truth for all of us. Okay. We love you guys. We're giving you these rules, not because we're tyrants, but because we love you. All right. So talking when someone is on the mic is just plain rude. Don't do it. Behave. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. That's what Jesus says. And that leads us to number seven. Everybody say it with me. Live wow. like Jesus. Jesus. I right, we're gonna get ready to worship. Y'all can come up front, get close to the presence of God. We just want to worship the Lord in this place. If you have any questions about any of the rules, feel free to ask Steve. <laughs> just kidding. Alrighty, y'all
0: so awesome to see you guys here tonight i believe that as we come together like one big family we worship jesus that um we're just gonna know him more amen amen Amen. hallelujah heavenly father we're just gonna pray in this time if i could have everyone's attention please all right let's bow our head close our eyes Hallelujah, Father God. We honor you, Lord God, in this time, in this place, Lord God. And we ask that as we worship you, God, that you would teach us what worship is, Lord God. We ask that as we worship you, Lord God, that you would show us who you are, God, on a personal level, Lord God. Would you speak to our hearts, God, and change our lives in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All righty. This first song, you guys probably know it. It's called Strong God, Okay. your voice and cry out awesome is our strong god mighty is our god, god. yes lord sing out sing out lift, lift your, your hand voice. and shout out awesome is our strong god us in the wilderness. Your faith faithful to provide every step and every seed. You're with us in is God in His holy place, this is, it. and this is God clothed in love and strength, this is God, and this is God clothed in love and, and this is God clothed in love and strength. your voice and cry out, awesome is our strong God, mighty is our God, sing out, sing out, lift your hands and shout out, awesome is our strong God, mighty is our God, come on, do you guys believe he's strong? believe that we serve a strong God in this place, that we serve a God who wants to be our Father. Hallelujah, Father. We acknowledge your presence in this place, Holy Spirit. Could you come and touch hearts, Lord God? There's nobody like you, Jesus. Come on, just tell him in your own words. Tell him who he is to you. Come on. And if you don't know, begin to ask him, Jesus, who are you to me, God? Who are you to me, Lord? There is none higher, no. There is none greater, no. There is none stronger than us. It, come on! There is none higher, no. There is none greater, no. There is none stronger than our God. Oh, lift your voice and cry out, It's time to just close your eyes you need to know for yourselves you need to believe that he's here amen that he knows what's going on in your life and when we come in these times this isn't just another song let it be our hearts to God amen your voice.
2: tonight, God. Lord, all across this room, God, we receive your freedom. Lord, you know us all by name. God, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what your word says, that everyone in this room, God, has been fearfully and wonderfully made, God. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that tonight we would be assured that we even know without a shadow of a doubt, God, who we are in you. Lord, we are your people, God. So I pray tonight, God, that as you look across this room, as you examine our hearts, Lord, I pray that you will look in this room and find people who truly worship you in spirit and in truth, God. So, Lord, have your way with the rest of tonight, with the word, God, with the altar time, God. Lord, we hold on to your presence, God. And we ask that you would have your way in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, and everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And right now we're going to transition into our breakout groups. So please go to your breakout groups. We got the ambassadors, the resistance, and our um, righteously redeemed. And if you don't have a group, please come see me and I'll hook you guys up. All right. Put that person down, please. Put that person gently down.
3: She'll feel it so nice. This is how we do it. Go ride. I'm ghost riding.
2: All right, everyone, five minutes, five minutes. One more minute, one more minute. Everybody, break it in, break it in, break it in. We done, we done, we done. What? Break it in, break it in. Find your seat, first two rows, first two rows. Hey, hey, hey. Here's my homegirl Ray. Hey, hey, hey. Shanayna. I
1: <laughs> insecurities. I I. How many of you love your breakout groups? That was weak. How many of you love your breakout groups? How many of you love your breakout group leaders? That's right. You better. This is Elevate. Do it again. Elevate. 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 Elevate that's what's up (laughs) welcome to elevate where we get it down in the word every friday night seven o'clock we love god we love people if you didn't know that you know that now we want you guys to bring your friends we want you to bring your friends friends we want those friends to bring their friends so we can blow this place up get it packed out and when you do that when you bring one visitor with you you get some candy they get some candy everybody wins And we get to make new friends. I think that's the big win. Um, If you bring five visitors, everybody say five. Five visitors in one night, you could get, well, you will get a $75 gift card to some place of your choice. Who likes money? Who likes new shoes? Who likes, who needs some new boots? Yes, exactly. Bring five visitors, you'll get a $75 gift card. I. So, if you get 10 visitors in one month, you get a pizza party for all of us because it's a pizza party, yo. That's like my favorite song. We're going to play that at the wedding. Um, all right. And the platinum is the most visitors. We've already dubbed our two winners for the, the, the winner thing. The IHOP. IHOP conference. Thank you. Um, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it for the next one. Um, all right. So, hangout day. Is this December the thirteenth? So next next week, Friday here at the church. Saturday. Sorry. I don't know what day it is. Saturday. The girls are gonna be watching a movie here at the church. The boys are all going to play some tackle football. No, it's just touch football. Just kidding. Otherwise, y'all need permission slips, okay? Um so be here. Be here. Alright. As I said before, we are all about loving God. Loving people. Amen. Two greatest commandments the Lord ever said. Said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And how do we do that? Well, here at Metro Praise, we connect. We mentor and we send. We connect you to the cross. We want you guys to be part of 101. We want you to be disciples of Christ. That's what it's all about. It's not about being a disciple of Jerry or a disciple of Leilani or a disciple of Ellie. It's about being a disciple of Jesus. Amen? And then we're going to mentor you. We're going to get one-on-one. We're going to get into your lives. We're going to love on you whether you like it or not. And then we're going to send you out to do the same thing to other people and love people with the word of Jesus. Amen? So that's what it's about. And for those of you who feel called, you got the call of Jesus on your life. And you want to go make a difference to the world. Well, we're going to take you and we're going to put you in SUM Bible College where you are going to be life changers, roof breakers, history makers. Amen. Can you tell I'm a Bible college student? I love Jesus. I love the Word. I want you guys to love the Word. I want you all to go to Bible college and change the world for Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. And then, so that brings us to tithes and offerings. Who knows what a tithe is? What's a tithe? Okay. Everybody stand up. All right. A tithe is 10% of your total income. An offering is... Yes, we're gonna offer surplus to Jesus. This is your big word of the day, surplus. Okay, so who can tell me what ten percent of thirty-five thousand four hundred and fifty-six dollars and fifty-four cents does? Anybody know the answer? Anybody? I'm gonna pick Joby. Joby Alagobi. Yes, $3,545 and 65 cents. All right. Um, So I just want to pray before we receive our tithe and our offering. So everybody bow your head with me, okay? Oh, I forgot. I forgot. Sorry. There's a, we have a we have a, a scripture verse that goes along with this. All right. I want everybody to say Acts twenty thirty five with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus Himself said, "It is more blessed to give than to receive." Father God, we come before you, Lord. We just thank you, God, for everything you've given to us. How you've provided for us. How you do provide for us daily, God. It's We know that it's a good discipline and it breaks the greed off our lives when we give back to you what you've so freely given us, God. So I just pray you bless all these tithes, all these offerings in each student. In the name of Jesus, amen. Rejoice as you give.
4: with your arm around an empty seat i'll see you in that tight whip without the extra rows of seats how you supposed to fit all of your kids and all your groceries yeah you got it tricked out cowabunga radical but real gangsters always choose affordable and practical maybe i'm geeking out a bit some call me a banner because i get excited when the cup holders come standard if i see a slug bug expect a couple of love taps
5: blinded by the shine, all right my peeps we are about to kick off what well, we kick off every month and that's that young Bible challenge man so this is uh this is the Bible feud um, again this is I'm, I'm Steve Ramos now Steve Harvey and we about to get down and dirty man so we need two volunteers two volunteers Alec, come here, Alec. All right, we need another volunteer, another volunteer, man. Right there, Joe, come on, Joe. Get up here, man. Billy, let's go, Billy. I said, Joe, my bad. All righty, man, so you guys know the rules, right? Billy, you know the rules? All right, there's no fighting, there's no spitting, there's no cursing, there's no cray If he wins, you cannot kill him. You cannot jump on him, all right? All right, now. First question, man, so when you, you know the question, you raise your hand, first one to raise your hands, you answer, boom, you win. Hey, where are the prizes at? We got a, we got some prizes? A hug? Okay, I'm going to give you a hug. All right, man, so that us <laughs> not forget this. All right, so who was swallowed by a whale? He said Jonah, man. Is it Jonah? Billy, what happened, man? You didn't even try, dude. Did you know it was Jonah? Okay, man, there it is, man. It's Jonah, man. Do they get a prize? Oh, I just hug him? Hug him? All right, that was kind of easy, man. We probably should have had my daughter come up here and do that. She would have knocked that one out of the park, man. All right, so we need two other volunteers, man. There it is. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. All right, come on, Manny. Ivan, let's roll. Ivan, let's go. Come on, Ivan. Let's go. Give it up for Ivan, yo. Give it up for Ivan. Come on. All right, man, so same rules apply, all right? Here it is. You guys ready? Ivan, you ready? Man, are you ready? You can't have your hands in your pocket. You got to lift them up, dude. All right, so who gave... All right, put it back down. Who gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments? Who gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments?
2: Okay, so God gave them, but they were um, given to them by Moses.
5: Come on, somebody. Good job, man. Good job. Good job, man. Jerry's gonna give you a hug, Manny. All right. Oh, there it is. Where Billy is? Billy is looking at me like he got robbed or something. Alec, did you get your prize? He did not. Okay. All right, we need two more visitors. I need two more uh, volunteers. Okay. All right. So now nah, you you're reigning rain, you champ right now, man. That's next time. All right, we need two more, man. Let's go. go astray, come on, come on. We need two more. We y'all shy? I have to pick y'all? All right, man. Come on, Jules. We got Julian. No, she's a reigning champ, man. Come on, So-So. Come on. Come on, So. Oh, you wanted to do it? Oh, you came up so he can beat you to it, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. Nah, you good, you good. Come on with it, man. Alright, so we have a brother named Adam, right? Alright. Then we have Julian, the Bible college student. If Julian does not win this match, everybody will jump on him after the service, all right? He is getting a violation, man. Maybe we'll give him like ten punches or something, man, for the ten commandments or something. But if he doesn't get this, God have mercy, man. All right. What man of God was beheaded in the New Testament? This brother said Hezekiah, man, rebuke him. Doop, 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 doop. Do we have a, uh, like, one of the doop, 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 Okay, who was beheaded in the New Testament, man? Think about this. Do you know it? Ellie, you know it, right? Okay, I'm going to give him a chance. And then I'm going to have my daughter, right, shine it out, baby. Julian, do you know the answer? Adam, do you know the answer? All right, so, Leilana, if you can come up here. This is my daughter, man. If she doesn't get this, she will receive 30 lashes plus one, okay? (laughs) Nah, here you go. What is it? Who was beheaded in the New Testament?
6: John the Baptist. John
5: the Baptist. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. Did you know it? God bless you, man. God bless you. All right, there it is, man. God bless you guys, man.
4: All right, everybody, we got a double feature today, all right? A double feature. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to call up again the man with the plan, the super anointed Steve. Steve's going to come up. Everybody get for Steve. Come on, don't be all shy. I don't know who he is, but I'm clapping for him. Some of the guys right now. Steve is going to give us his testimony right now, and uh, let's just pay attention, and we can uh, cue the lights right now. Baby, one second.
5: Praise God, man. How you guys doing? All righty, man. Um, well, basically, man, I just want to talk about an instance uh, before I was a Christian on my way to becoming a Christian. Um, and that time that I really do remember when I was incarcerated. I got saved when I was incarcerated in uh, in 1999, the summer of 1989. And I was locked up for uh, uh, something really, really serious or whatever. They're trying to give me 40 years for this thing. So it was a dreadful moment, you know? But one of the things I do recall, man, is how weary I was during this time, you know? Worries set in so much in my life and in my mind. Just like any of us, you know, go through worries from every day, time to time. Oh, man, my girlfriend, she didn't text me back. She's probably with, you know, Jose or something like that. Or, man, this girl, I don't know what's going on with her, you know? She's over there slipping and she's twerking with such and such. But the thing is, this was, was like real life. Weary and worry, you know, I was in the county jail, man, division 11 behind a white wall for almost three years. And what I mean behind a white wall was they did not let me outside. All right. So if you guys look at me like, man, his head is shiny. He looks really white. The reason is because you go you go ahead and try to behind go behind a white wall for three years and see how white you'll come out. All right. So I was in there for that that amount of time fighting this case. Again, they were trying to give me 40 years of my life. I would have never been married. I would have never had children. None of this would have happened if God did not deliver me. All right? But during this time, though, man, I experienced this weariness within me, man, that was actually tangible. It was something that you can kind of grab on. Like, there was no hope. And the only one at that moment that was talking to me was Satan himself and saying, just give up. Why don't you just kill yourself? You've been in this system since you were 13 years old. Now they're going to try to give you 40 years at 85 percent, right? Who? Any mathematicians in here? Forty years, 85 percent of 40 years. What is that? Somebody just shouted out. There it is. I would have still been incarcerated right now. Been, I would have had to do 37 years straight. All right? So you could imagine the kind of weary that I was going through. It was a dreadful time. It was a dark time. It was sometimes I wouldn't even leave my cell. All right. So the thing is, man, things had to change within my life. And they did. Obviously, I'm standing right here. But it was so serious, man, like I said, that it was tangible. All right. There was times I couldn't even go to sleep. There was times that I would have dreams in the middle of my sleep while on lockdown inside my cell and assume that I was free and wake up to see the same door in front of me. I was not free to see the same white walls. Weary can kill us if we don't put it in check. All right? That's all I want to
4: say. Let's give it up for Steve again. Today's sermon is called Weary No More. And it is something that's been on my heart something that I've been wanting to preach on for a long time, and I've avoided talking about it because I wanted to make sure that everything was put in place first before we talked about something like this. And it's a serious thing because everybody here has experienced life woes. They've experienced things in their life that have not been pleasant. I've heard some people say life hurts, life is let down. Today we're going to be talking about that. So let's actually open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for this time. We thank you for what you're just doing in this place, God. And I just, I ask that you would just bring your presence here right now, God, that your spirit would become a healing agent in their life right now, God. Anybody who's dealing with anything in this place, God, I pray that they are weary no more. I pray that they would just seek after you, become hungry for you, even in the midst of the storm in your life, God. We know that you are amazing to do this. You are amazing. Your spirit comes and gives us peace, God. We thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Steve's testimony gives light into something that's a reality, is that people they can go through life they think they got it you know connected and then stuff just happens bam like that and before you know it no longer are you happy no longer are you yourself but now you're walking around with this baggage you're walking around with this weight and steve saw it the full way that it can happen in this world where he was incarcerated where he was in prison Some people, when they have premarital sex, they get STDs. Some people, if they mess with the wrong person, they get killed. That's just the way it is. But he himself, he dealt with that, and he saw it, and he said, man, like, this is not what life is supposed to be about. So what happened when life was supposed to be great and amazing and marvelous, and it just switched up, and it transformed? where every day felt like it was just agony and agony and agony, when every moment you felt like you were in your own prison cell in your head thinking about everything you did wrong or things that people have done wrong for you or to you in your head. you Keep replaying it and replaying it and replaying it. I've given my testimony here plenty of times, and I cannot tell you in words how I felt just because the words can never really describe that feeling. It was terrible. I felt constant pain all the time. And when I walked places, when I talked to people, it all was for show because in the inside, everything was eating up at me, eating up and eating up. And though maybe I I didn't know it, I didn't know why I was so empty on inside, I can tell you easily right now it was because I had no father my mother was promiscuous, my brothers were drug, de- drug users, I was by myself, and nothing it, it didn't matter. And I wondered what was the meaning of life, and I never got the answer. So every single day I felt like everything was useless. So you can say, man, I was walking around and inside, or even not even inside, but just in general, I was walking with some heavy, heavy weight. I was weary. I was tired. I was sick and tired. I was sick and tired of hearing people's excuses. I was sick and tired of experiencing things that were not the way that they were supposed to be. I was just sick and tired of it. I'm tired of the letdowns. I'm tired of the failures. I'm tired of everybody giving me their excuse for why they cannot be the best that they can be in my life. I'm tired of it. That's how I felt. Why can't I have a relationship and the relationship work out? Why can't I not have good parents? Why do my brothers never even talk to me? Why? Why? All these questions floating in my mind every single day. Every single day. I couldn't go to sleep. I thought to myself, I just can't can't do this. Every single moment dragged on and dragged on and dragged on. Until so finally I got in a relationship, and I thought the relationship was going to be like the answer to it. So I put a Band-Aid on it. But what happened in the relationship was that I, as a broken person, started to have a broken relationship. We started arguing all the time. I was crazy then, so I started manipulating her like crazy. I would hurt myself in front of her to manipulate her so that she can cry. I was talking, I was crazy, man. Why? Why was I doing these things? Am I any different than you now? Am I like? Am I like just somebody else now? Oh, you know this guy. He got it now. And no, I was not any different than you are right now. What changed? What changed in my life? What changed in Steve's life? What changed in my wife's life? What changed in people's lives? All in our church. What changed? What made it different? In the midst of that train of of pain, of anger, what stopped it all? I'll tell you right now, it was Jesus. I'm not going to ask you guys to turn to your Bibles today. I just want to just say it fast. This is going to be a two-part sermon. So today is going to be part one, and next Friday is going to be part two. But what I want everybody to do in this place is be honest with themselves. I don't need you to put up a front. You be Mr. Tough Guy. You be Miss Tough Girl. You have the wall behind b- between us and you. No. Be honest with yourself. The, the scriptures are going to come at you. You have to be honest. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Anybody guess who, who's saying that right there? Anybody guess? It's Jesus. So, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, everyone heard that before. Our Lord and Savior, the one who's on the cross, yada, yada. Now, Jesus, the one who supposedly died on the cross for our sins, yes. Why is he saying this right now? He's saying, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, heavy laden, weight on your shoulders, tired. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Why is Jesus saying that? What does it mean? Why is it important? Why would Jesus take time out of his life to say this? This insignificant thing almost, like, how does he, how can I come to Jesus? He was born over 2,000 years ago. He died. He rose again. Yeah, that's great, but I can't see him. Is Jesus there when the pain is happening? Is Jesus there when it's getting really intense in my house or with my friends or the, any type of situation? Is Jesus there? Going back to the testimony, I was in that state. I couldn't go to sleep, and I was so angry. So anytime somebody upset me or whatever, I would go in my room. I would start punching the wall, and I remember, I just remember now the visual. Like, my wall was so jacked up. Like, there was literally, like, just you can see the things behind it at one point. It was just so messed up. And I remember just going into my room and being dark, listening to music, and just closing myself off. Closing myself off. And I thought to myself at those times, where are you, God? God, I, I've, I've heard about you. I've believed in you. I've heard everything possible about you. I, I know I, was, I went to church when I was a kid. I got baptized. Isn't that what you want from me? What is it that, what is it that you need? I'm asking you, where are you? Why are you not answering me? became empty, and I I began to hate God. I started to hate who he very much so was, the idea of God, the person that I've heard about Jesus Christ, all of that. I became so angry with him. I say, F God. Forget God. I don't need God. I'll just live my life then. I'll just do whatever I have to do then. I'll make this happen. I went to school, immediately got into the relationship with somebody. Bam. What where 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 is where is God in this? Well, I'll get I'll answer that right now. Because not too long after that, for some strange reason, me myself, who I was, a Satanist at the time. My girlfriend, who was just this crazy person, saw demons and all this stuff, we went to a youth group for some reason. The most opposite people that you could possibly see. Even if they went to Elevate today, you'd be like, whoa, those guys, we don't want to talk to them and all that because they look really messed up and all that. I was that kid and all that. So literally, like, we went to a youth group. For what reason? I don't know. We just did. And even though I didn't hear it at that time, I didn't even think about it at that time, it was God's answer said, here I am. Here I am. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, burdened, and I will give you rest. I was so tired at that time. You could hear me. I'll be that person that would say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of it. But Why? it was done with life, all of it. So today in this place, I want you to be honest. Are you weary? Are you burdened? Maybe you haven't had the time to even think about it yet. Maybe you've just been on the go trying to run away from the problems, trying to run away from the oncoming storm, trying to run away from reality. You say, When I'm with my friends, it's when I'm really okay. But when I go back home, it's a different story. When I talk to my brothers, it's okay. But when I talk to my mother, it just goes downhill. I didn't even talk to my brothers. I didn't talk to my mother. I didn't talk to anybody. It was just, they did not know. Because I did not even trust them with the slightest bit of what I was going through. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if they started to make amends and started to correct everything in their their mistakes. It didn't matter. At that point, I was that person, frustrated, angry, let down. You know, I I, I always like to say this, um, that we always put up a front, right? Now, I can give you a perfect example of how I know I've put up a front in my life and I didn't even know about it. When my father used to come when I was a kid, I didn't think about it. You know, he just came, okay, whatever. And you know, like I didn't have any real different feelings when he came as opposed to when I was just with my mom because he lived in he lived in Colombia at the time and he would kind of come back and forth or whatever every year or so. And you know, like it, like I said, it didn't mean anything at that point. Like I didn't think of it. But one day, we were at the airport. And, you know, I kind of went with him a few times or whatever. But for some reason, this time specifically, when we went to the airport and he was leaving, I I wanted to cry. I was a tough kid, so I didn't cry, okay? I was like, I'm strong. I'm strong like this, okay? But I wanted to cry. And I thought, what is this? where's this coming from? You know, I don't love this guy like that. But nope, it was there. I just didn't have the time to think about it. I didn't have the time to really get exposed to it. So right now in this place, maybe you haven't done it, but I am telling you right now, take this moment. What are you pushing back? Say, no, I can't handle this. When Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, what did he mean at that point? Did he mean... Teleport back in time in a time machine so that you can see him literally like walking around in his sandals and all that. Did he say, come to me then? No, right? He knows that you are where you are right now. He knows that, you know, I am Ellie Maurice. I am Julian. I am, you know, a student of SUM. I'm a student of Whitney Young. I know that, you know, the year I was born, all that. He knows that. So what he's saying to right now, come to me. What he's talking about is specifically the cross. In this place, if I were to show you an image of Jesus Christ on the cross, some of you guys would have to look away because it is so gruesome. It is so gory. It's as gory as a Saw movie. It's as gory as a movie that you've watched, a rated R movie. It's as gory as that. Is pretty disgusting. But the reality of it is that there lived a man named Jesus, or more accurately, Yeshua, that's what his name was in uh, Hebrew, but Jesus for what it was known then. Jesus, and what he was was he was the son of God, and he walked the earth, and he had the ministry. He showed it all. He did miracles. He did all that. He proclaimed the truth. And did he do all that specifically for just... That itself, uh, I'm just going to make a miracle happen and induces them out. Did Jesus do that? No. What Jesus did was that he knew about every single person in this place, including myself, including Steve. And what he wanted to do was he wanted to for you to finally experience true life. True life. The Bible says, "I have come to give life." life abundantly abundant life some of you guys can't even comprehend that um that kind of thought abundant life it's hard enough to feel happy one day of the week i come on friday and bam i'm happy and then there it goes another six days before i come back but life abundantly no nah, jesus you you just fronting right now you're telling me too much you're telling stories or not jesus okay You're not telling the truth, like you like to say sometimes in the Bible. Like, truly, truly, I say to you, no, this is not that kind of moment, Jesus. You're telling stories right now. There's no such thing as abundant life. But is Jesus a liar? He came to give life and life abundantly. And so he knew that there was something holding you back from from experiencing that true life, from experiencing happiness and all of that. And it was sin. You've heard it before in this church. you heard it before plenty of times. You probably, even before you came to this church, you knew to yourself, oh, I know, yeah, Jesus died for our sins. And it didn't mean anything to you. But did you know that sins have a power in your whole entire life? That sins have a power in your household? That sins have a power in your community, in your neighborhood? That sins have a power in your schools? Like, no, not, not in my neighborhood. I live, like, literally a block down the other, the other, like, a month ago or, like, a few weeks ago. Just this random guy that was walking out of his car got shot right in front of my mother-in-law's house. You would, if you walked down that neighborhood, you'd be like, this is like the suburbs over here almost. Like, dang, this is crazy. But why did that happen? Why do things like that happen? Why is it that Chicago is considered the murder capital of America? Why is it that there's so many people dying in Chicago? Why is it that so many people messed up in your schools? Why is it that there's so many people messed up in your homes? Why is it that you feel weary? Why? Because of sin. So what did Jesus do? Did Jesus kind of get scared of the sin? He's like, whoa, that's too much. I see the whole world of sin, and that is too much. Did Jesus do that? He said, know what? I love them. I love every single one of those people. I love every single person right here in Elevate. I love the people that hurt you. I love the people that will hurt you. I love the people that you haven't even met yet that are jacked up just as much. So he loved them so much that he said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to take their sins. I'm going to take their sins so that they can receive a real. Life, real life. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Did Did anybody catch that real quick? Anybody here even paying attention anymore? Or you guys looking on your Facebook now and your Twitter? You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe so-and-so did that. Jesus said, for the joy set before him. I just told you, I can't even show you the cross. I probably would have to get parents' permission for that before I even show it to you. So so jagged up and so crazy, so gory. He considered it joy when he went to the cross. Why? Do you Does anybody, anybody see the connection here yet? Does anybody see what's going on? Does anybody see yet how good Jesus is? What happened was that Jesus, he he knew that he was going to die on a cross. But why did he do it? He knew it was joyful to go into the cross because he knew that once he went on the cross, he would destroy the power of sin in everybody's life, including yourself. And so that when you are in this moment, when you're saying, I'm tired, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, what happens here? Jesus says, no, if you come to me, if you come to me with your problems, with your weight, with your burdens, I will give you Rest. I will give you everything that you can imagine and then some because I am the Lord because that's what he is. He is so amazing and so gracious. It might it might not seem like it's realistic. Well, oh my gosh, like... Is that possible? Can I really come to God with my burdens? Can I really come to God where I'm at at the moment and meet him there? And meet him and actually go to him and say, Jesus, I am so tired. I am so tired of this, Jesus. Would you come? Would you give me rest? There's plenty of people who I've known who came to church just at the right moment. I am one of those people. I hit rock bottom just before I came to church. I was tired. I was literally like, "This is it. I'm done. I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to get get out of this life." My wife literally said, "I'm gonna kill myself this day." It was the same week, and then she got. She was just walking one day, just you know, strolling down Diversity Avenue, and who happens to be there? Hey, what's up, Lilani? Guess what? You know, there's a youth group right here, and we wanna invite you. And you you think that maybe, oh, my problems are too big, my problems are too much, that Jesus won't really come and give me rest there. Jesus won't do that. No. If somebody says, I want to kill myself, I'm going to do it. I'm looking. I'm writing things down. I'm making sure that everything happens. They're serious. That's it. Can I have uh, Leilani come to the keys? Change them up a little bit. You see, what Jesus did was—he knew that it could break every single chain on your life. You hold it to Jesus. Don't say, "Oh, I hold it to Pastor Ellie." I hold it to Pastor Elaine. I hold it to Steve. I hold it to no. Hold it to Jesus. You're gonna have to put up the keys up on the, on the soundboard. What? What does that mean? What? Can I really, you know, give it to Jesus? Is the cross really what happened? Is that is the cross really something that I should pay attention to? Should, should I really even believe it? Let me tell you something right now, man. What Jesus said means everything here. And I, as a, as a pastor, I, as a person who's lived a certain amount of years in my life, I understand that God is a man of his word, is a, is a is a God of his word. So today in this place, I want you to come to the cross, to stop making excuses or saying, no, you don't understand, man. This is what is so painful right now in my life, and I can't give it to God. No, come to the cross. I'm going to say this a few more times. If you in this place are saying, no, man, I am... I'm pretty happy of where I'm at right now. You know, I like to have sex with my boyfriend. I have to have sex with my girlfriend. It feels good, and best of all, it's better than church sometimes, you know. Guess what? I'm gonna say to you, come to the cross today, because that is gonna leave you empty. That is gonna leave you shallow. If you're saying in this place, no nah, man, I have so much anger, I'm so tired, and you don't know, man, like the things I've been through, you don't know how many things I have to give up, you know, think about at night, how many thoughts I have and all these things. I say to you, come to the cross today. If you in this place have said, hey man, I'm tired of you talking about this already. Can you please move on already? Can we please go to other things about this and elevate? Can we do that? I'm going to say to you, come to the cross. Get your life right. You know why you keep getting weary? It's because you are still in darkness. And you are saying, I'm okay with darkness, but I feel miserable in darkness. I don't want to be in darkness. But at the same time, I'm going to be in darkness. Jesus Did not die for you just to think about it and then just walk home one day and say, I'm not, I'm just going to be the same. What Jesus said here was, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Do you believe it? Do you believe that God is that good? Do you believe that God is that kind of a God that would love you so much that he would take it all from you? That he would literally, like, it's as if, if, like, you come to God and say, I have all these problems, all this stuff. Like, oh, my gosh, you have no idea, God. I'm just drowning in it, and bam. God's like, no, let me take that. Have some rest. Experience life now. Life and life abundantly. Does anybody here believe that in this place? Or does a preacher's word saying come to the cross not mean anything? Come to the cross. Come to the cross. Come to the cross cross of Jesus Christ. Lay it all down there. Yeah, everybody stand up, please. I believe in what I'm talking about, and I believe that if you come to the cross today, that you would experience new life. New life. What do you think Jesus did with your sins? Was Jesus overwhelmed by your sins? Like when he died in the cross, did he like literally just like died and like he was just like, oh man, I'm done. These sins were too much. What did Jesus do after he died in the cross and was buried in the tomb? He rose again. Sins meant nothing to him. He was that powerful. So you're thinking, how is it possible? God's like, I already got your back. I got your back already. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1 says, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you have no money. Come, buy and eat why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy listen listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the riches of fair give ear and come to me hear me that your soul may live i will make an everlasting covenant with you my faithful love promise to david I don't know, man. Does anybody want that in this place? Or are you all like, Nah, I'm good, man. I don't need that. Before we just end off right now, I want to, uh, to say to you automatically, number one, That God loves you. And whatever you've gone through in your life, whatever it is that has happened, it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault that 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 stuff happened in your life. I can't give you every single example under the sun. I can't do it right now. Maybe you were abused as a child. Maybe something happened. I don't know. Maybe you might be the perfect child. You're the blessing to the world because you're so amazing, like Eric right here. It's just so amazing. But I'm going to say to you, man, it's not God's fault. What God is doing is that he's beckoning you right now in the middle of what is happening in your life. Come to me. Come to me. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're at your last straw. It doesn't matter if you've just begun the thing that's happened. It doesn't matter if you've found a way to kind of make it all go away. Whatever it is, God is still saying, come to him. Make it right. Get the stuff really deep down inside done with today. And if you believe in God, if you believe that he can do it, if you believe that God loves you that much, then I beckon you, come to the cross. Let's, uh... Bow our heads and close our eyes. And let's dim some of these lights here. We're just gonna put this place right now. Heavenly Father, we just come to you. It doesn't matter today what what was going on today. We got hit with this wall of what life is really like in our own lives. Right now, God, I ask that you would please just start to soften the hearts of everybody here, God, was who going through whatever it is that they're going through. Maybe they're talking to their friend right now. They're not even paying attention. Maybe they're just trying to hold back. Maybe they're trying to get away from the sermon. They're trying to not listen to it get on phone because they start to feel uncomfortable because it's talking about their life. Whatever it is right now, God, this place right now is dedicated to your healing spirit coming right now. To have the rest of the band come up. What's going to happen is that we're just going to now open up the altars, and it needs to be just intimate between you and God. Maybe it might be too much to say to somebody, hey, you know what, this is what's happening in my life. Maybe it might be too much. Guess what, though? God already knows. He just wants to hear you speak to him. He just wants to hear you finally give it to him. And I promise you right now that if you do it, there's going to be a peace that transcends all knowledge. So no matter what happens in in your mind or whatever you think, logically or rationally, what what could possibly happen right now, there's going to be a peace that happens. Maybe you know that when you get home, it's going to be tough. But still, there's going to be a peace that transcends all knowledge. In this place, we are going to give it to God and say, God, would you please come and change everything? I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired, Lord. I'm sick and tired, God, of fronting. I'm sick and tired of running away. I'm sick and tired of trying to outpace my, my problems, God, when I know they're going to come and they're going to get me, God, I'm tired. Jesus, would you have your your way in this place? Would you have your way in this place, Lord, because you are worthy of, a, of it right now, God. You are worthy of Soften their hearts, God. Let this place be a place of healing. Jesus, I just pray right now for those who come up to the altar that they will experience you in a new way today, God. That they will have new life and they would realize what you've done on the cross. How your body was upon it. How your blood was shed on it. How you gave your life for us. And it's not just the meaningless thing that we say, but it is everything, God, because you gave it all, Lord. Jesus, you have your way, God. If you want to come up to the altars, you may come up now. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. This is just now being real. Jesus. coming all over right now from the sanctuary just coming in. They know what this means. They know what this means. They're tired. They're weary. But they don't want to be weary any longer. They don't want to be weary any longer. Jesus, have your way right now, God.